the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, I'm Pastor Draper of Maranatha Bible Church. And in light of the recent virus from China and looking at the devastating impact, displaced, despondent, in pain, in confusion, not knowing where to go, I want to preach a message entitled, Starting Over. This is a special message that you really don't want to miss. Because the reality of life is that sooner or later, all of us have to start over. After the death of a loved one, uh, not passing a course, a failed marriage, a bad decision, on and on it goes. Life will put us in position where we will have to start over. I will be preaching from Genesis chapter 7 and 8. Lessons and insights from the life of Noah. Turn with us to Genesis chapter 8, verses 13 through 19. It's been our theme text. As a matter of fact, this is the last time we will be preaching from this theme text uh, in Genesis chapter 8, 13 through 19. This is the fifth week as it relates to the subject entitled Starting Over in Life. Genesis 8, 13 through 19, the word of God reads, And it came to pass in the 601st year and the first month of the day of the month that the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried. Verse 15, then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Verse 17, bring out with you every living thing uh, all of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. And from that passage, we want to preach one last time, starting over in life as we kicked off this new year to the glory of Almighty God. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, and there is nothing new under the sun. Many in our nation are absolutely appalled, disgusted, and horrified at what we see unfolding right before our eyes in America. We see the violence, the looting, burning of buildings, 
disrespect for civil authority, desecration of historical landmarks, the break-in and invasion of the U.S. Capitol, burning of the American flag, and Bibles as well. Above all, burning Bibles. Hate, we see racial prejudice and injustice, the cancel culture that desires to cancel out everything around, foul language is being heard, widespread abortions to include late terms, aborting special need babies, as well as for any other reason. It's just inconvenient for me to have a child, and they just abort. Then you have gender confusion, child abuse, murder, pride, and blaspheming God, to name a few. Thousands of years ago, Noah lived in a day where everyone did what was right in their own eyes. They rebelled against God. Their conscience was hardened and seared. There was idol worship in the time of uh, Noah. Uh, it was rampant. Homosexuality was all over the place. There was prostitution in the time of Noah. Adultery, sorcery, drunkenness was so common and wickedness knew no bounds in the time of Noah. But Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, verse 11 through 3 says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man, that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that, underline this, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. There was no break in the evilness of humanity's heart. Only evil and corrupt continually. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and the earth was filled with violence. God saw the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy the earth. Whenever God says something, you could take it to the bank. It was a lawless and perverted generation. But Genesis 6, 8 through 9 says in verse 8, Noah, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Let's underline that. In that culture, Noah walked with God. And in America today, as we see all the sin and corruption and wickedness, we need to put our name there. Let's say your name, Rander. Say your name again. Walked with God. Isn't that amazing? Noah walked with God in the midst of a generation that was very evil and corrupt, but Noah was determined to walk with his God. The wickedness and corruption in America today rivals that of Noah's generation. Like Noah, we too can have favor and grace in the eyes of our Lord if we are blameless, if we are just, if we are righteous, and walk with God. God commissioned Noah to build an ark to preserve himself, his family, and the animal kingdom from the approaching judgment by water. Sadly, the animals were more responsive to the call of God than evil, corrupt humanity made in the image of God. There were far more animals aboard that ark than people. Noah built the ark and preached of the coming judgment 
for over a span of approximately 120 years, which gave Noah a very long period of time to warn, to preach, and to reason with people why he was constructing the ark to that corrupt generation of his day that had never seen rain. That took faith for him to do what God told him to do and had never seen rain. You say, well, how do you know he never seen rain? Because of what the scripture says. In Genesis 2, 5b, it says, before, before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth. That is right there, right there. In the very construction of the ark, nor bore witness to righteousness. Every blow of the hammer and every pounding of a nail was a call to repentance, to spare from the coming imminent judgment from God. God warned Noah and Noah warned the people of his day. Hebrews eleven seven says, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. He believed God by faith. He acted by faith. He was saved by faith. We know Noah preached to that wicked generation because of 2 Peter 2, 5, which says, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people. Here it is, a preacher of righteousness. That man was a preacher. He preached 120 years bringing in the flood on the world of ungodliness. Because of the hardness of the people's heart, only eight people, which was Noah and his family, went aboard the ark. Listen, sometimes when you do God's bidding, you don't always see results. When you do what God tells you to do, you won't always have a crowd. You won't always have somebody. Noah had, he didn't have anybody to pat him on the back. (laughs) He didn't have anyone to encourage him. He just did what God said do. And, and, and all those years, that had to be depressing. What if I preached for the 33 years I've been here at Maranatha and only my family is saved at Maranatha? Nobody else gets saved. That's enough to depress any preacher. Because God is holy, he would not tolerate wickedness and rebellion resulting in God sending a global flood to purge the world of evil and judge sinful humanity. Even though God is a God of love, even though God is a God of mercy, even though God is a God of grace, he is also a God of wrath. He is also a God of judgment. If you willfully and defiantly defy and rebel against almighty God, the God of mercy, love and grace is also a God of wrath and judgment. And if you mess with God, he knows how to kill you. He killed everybody because they would not hear. If you're just tuning in to the Maranatha broadcast, Pastor Draper is in the midst of a series entitled Starting Over. God will destroy America if she does not repent and turn from her wicked ways. 
The same God who judged the world with a universal flood will one day come again and judge the earth and everything in it with fire. Fire. The last time he judged humanity and everything living a lie. But when he comes the next time, not only is he going to wipe out everything, every form of life, he's going to even destroy the world. How you know that? Second Peter 3, 10 through 12 says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief suddenly unannounced in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved? Being on fire, Adam's on fire, proto, all kinds of things on fire, the unseen on fire, the seen on fire, everything's on fire, consumed, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. After 40 days and night of torrential rain and floodwaters wiping out every form of life, God instructed Noah to come out of the ark. Noah, his family, and the animal kingdom had no other recourse after coming off that ark but to start over. They didn't know where they were. If they tried to go back, where would they go? They didn't know east from west, north from south. No civilization, no governments, no schools, no society, uh, uh, no sports arena, uh, uh, no neighbors, no relatives. All gone. He had to start over. And in this year that is still new. God is challenging us this year that we need to start over in life. Allow me to give you the final words of encouragement for starting over in life. Number one, if you desire the presence of the Lord to be with you, how many of you want the presence of God with you this year? You don't you want to live and not have God's presence with you, huh? If you desire the presence of the Lord to be with you this year as you start over, then you must guard against a spirit of anger. Guard against a spirit of anger. Proverbs 29, 11 says a fool vents his anger. I mean, a fool don't know when to shut up. You can't talk with a fool. You can't deal with a fool. You can't reason with a fool. The best thing you can do with a fool is leave him alone and pray for him. But a wise man holds it back. I've said oft times, wise is a person that knows when to speak and when to be quiet. It is highly possible for you to talk yourself in trouble. And there are a lot of words we've all said that we wish we could get back, but you can't. A fool vents all his anger, but a wise man holds it back. You are setting yourself up for failure if you attempt to start over this year with a spirit of anger. I have never seen so much anger in all my life. Everybody's angry. You know, they were, they were angry at the, pre- the, president, the, the previous president. 
Now we got a new administration. People still mad. Children and teenagers are angry. They lose it and throw temper tantrums. You need to fix their anger with a belt. That's what they need. And forget what the society is saying. We need to go back to the old landmark of the scripture. Parents become angry at their children's behavior and their decision making. You, you taught and you taught and you give them your last dime and you share and they can still make some of the worst doggone decisions. Husbands and wives are on the brink of separation and divorce because of out of control anger and holding grudges against each other as husbands and wives. People are angry at their own personal failures. And they blame everybody but themselves. Uh, they're angry at betrayal against them. You can't live life and not be betrayed. They're angry at injustices. They're angry at discrimination in society. They're angry at corruption and deception in politics. They're angry at high taxes. They're angry at circumstances they have no control over. They're angry at tension and confusion in the workplace. They're angry at the death of loved ones. You took my mama. You took my daddy, my brother, my sister. You, you took, and they're angry at God. If you're angry, and Satan loves it when he can get you riled up against God. So if he gets you angry at God, then who can save you? Who can help you? Who can stand in the gap for you? Who can, who, who can cover you? No one. You said that right. You won't. Listen, I want God on my side. I want God. I want God on my side. I, I'm, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Tea Party. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm a saint. I'm a child of God. I don't need you to relabel me. I ain't right or left. I'm Christ. Do I have a witness here? I'm in Christ. How can you be delivered from a spirit of anger? How can you be delivered from a spirit of anger? A, cry out and ask the Lord to deliver you from a spirit of anger. You cry out. And ask God to deliver you from a spirit of anger. Psalms 24, 17 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and deliver them out of all their troubles. Prayer and fasting will deliver you from the stronghold of anger. And somebody under my voice by radio, social media, wherever you are, some platform, uh, YouTube, you are angry. And you need to you need to put this on your prayer sheet as we're engaged at right now in 40 days of fasting and prayer and ask God to deliver you from a spirit of anger. Crowd to God for deliverance. Without prayer and fasting, you cannot have victory over a spirit of anger. These things come by fasting and prayer. Secondly, B, do not feed your anger by reliving past hurts. You're only feeding your anger. Do not feed your anger by reliving past hurts. Uh, you feed your anger by being selfish, which is wanting to have it your way all the time. And when you can't get your way in the house, on the job, whatever, you mad. You make everybody around you miserable. You angry. Uh-uh. What fuels your anger is damaging internal 
monologue. <laughs> Damaging in, you're talking to yourself. You're grumbling to yourself. It's all negative. You're grumbling about your wife, your husband, your child. And you're going over it. And and you chewing on it. And you're on it. And it's killing you. Driving up your blood pressure. It's wiping you out. Stop talking negative to yourself with damaging internal monologue. What fuels your anger? Listening to negative people. Dismiss them. What fuels your anger? Continuing to make bad decisions. And when you start reaping the consequences of those bad decisions, now you're angry. You created that mess. Holding grudges creates anger. Possessing a judgmental spirit. You judge everything. Oh, she couldn't say. Uh, he, he again, he's, she's always late. Sizing everybody up. Stop looking at folk and start looking at Jesus. So, some folk can come to the Lord's house and leave more messed up than when they came. You know, because they're sizing, they're judging, they criticize. A bad attitude will fuel your anger. Your attitude will determine your altitude, all of which steals your freedom in Christ. These and far more than I can, I can even announce right now. John eight thirty six says, So if the sun sets you free, you will be really free. It takes Jesus to deliver you from this mess and from these issues. These issues are bigger than you. You can't experience freedom in Christ until you confront these issues as well as all the others that I don't have time to call. You say he didn't call mine. Well, that one, too. Okay. See, once you become aware of a crisis, injustices, once you become aware of atrocities in the media, then know when to disconnect. Once you know and aware of crises, injustices, atrocities in the media, then know when to disconnect. You will only fuel your anger, become agitated, disturbed, dejected, miserable, and even enraged if you continue to dwell on and talk about perpetual negative current events. And it keeps coming, y'all. It doesn't stop. Every time you open your phone, there's more. There's more. It never runs out. The the news media don't say, you know, I'm out of news. Nothing today. I'm on the blank. It didn't stop. It's always got more for you. You wake up at midnight, there's some more bad news. Early in the morning, there's some more bad news. Late in the evening, there's some more bad news. Just come, come. And you take it in, 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 in. No wonder you angry. No wonder you angry. Current events, nothing edifying, nothing encouraging. Hebrews 12, 2a says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm not saying put your head in the sand, don't know what's going on. That's that's ridiculous. But then you can be over so overly saturated until it mess with all your inner being. You're just a hot mess. You're dysfunctional. You just a mess. D, ask God to repurpose your anger. Look at that. 
Ask God to repurpose your anger. Use it for righteousness and the good of others. Repurpose your anger and use it for righteousness and the good of others. This is done by using the anger that Satan meant for evil and redirecting it for your own good, for the good of others, and to the glory of Almighty God. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. You go a a whole day and the, the next day, you've already held on to anger too long. When that sun go down, you ought to be over your anger. That's a, that's a good way. He said, well, how long should I be angry at something? Okay, yeah, be, be angry. But now when the sun go down, say, God, I give it to you. Let it go. Let it, oh, the sun just went down. God, move it. Don't hold it. Christians should have a righteous indignation at sin. Now, there's something wrong when you don't have a righteous indignation uh, over child slavery. That's really something wrong when you can see the out-of-control abortion and it doesn't even phase you. It doesn't even make you concerned. You know you're away from God when sin no longer bothers you. Look how quiet it is in here now. You need to put on your prayer list, Lord, make sin bother me (laughs) to the point that I pray. Christians should have a righteous indignation at sin. You ought to have a righteous indignation against evil and wickedness in our nation and world. But we must not harbor anger, which creates an opportunity for Satan to exploit us. Be angry, don't sin. You you need to be angry at, at, at certain things. A righteous indignation. But not carry it so long until Satan exploits your life because of it. Eat. You diffuse your anger by being teachable and not taking everything so personally. You diffuse your anger by being teachable and not taking everything so personally. Psalm 25, 5a says, guide me in thy truth and teach me and teach me. You come here to be taught. You come to, to you come into God's house not to be entertained. You know what we've had in this house today? We've had worship. You came in songs of praise and adoration to God. You came in, that was the reading of the scripture. The songs that were sung, lifting us up right into God's presence. You had missionaries talking about Papua New Guinea and re- reminiscing over the experience of how they connected with Maranatha. You, 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 you had the prayers over the saints and the issues of our society and world. You, you had all of this. Teach me. Teach me. You, so, some folk don't want to be taught. That's why they can't improve spiritually. Refuse to allow your anger to interfere with life lessons the Lord wants to teach you. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us commit ourselves to the fruit of the Spirit as given to us in the Word of God. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Let us commit ourselves to giving our best service to God in all that we do. For when we give God's way, as His Word tells us, we will receive in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. If you enjoy this kind of Bible teaching, 
please join Pastor Rander at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.